This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. The Church in Action, A Journey Through Acts, to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And we're going to begin at Acts 12, verse 25. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who, was, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we worship you and thank you because you are the same Lord Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. You still touch hearts. You still call people. You are the Lord of the harvest who thrusts into the harvest field, harvest workers, because the harvest is ripe. There are people out there who are like sheep without a shepherd, helpless and harassed. People searching for peace. People searching for the meaning of life. And that is found in the person of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is the sure foundation, Jesus Christ, Lord of all, King of kings and Lord of lords. We worship you and praise you. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask if David Friesen is in the audience. David Friesen. Okay. Come on up here. And if you have trouble going upstairs, then uh, go up the ramp in the back. I want you to sit right next to me, and I'm going to call you up to speak. So we're going to do tag team preaching today. Come on up here. Come on up here. David Friesen. Let's welcome David Friesen, a longtime representative of Gideon's Ministries. And uh, the reason I have him up here is because... As a minister of the gospel, you've got to be able to pray or witness or die, pray, preach, or die in a moment's notice. And so he's ready to go. You can take your mask off up here. All right, now, the message today is why missions is important. Why missions is important. And we find five truths from chapter 13 of Acts. And they are that missions, first of all, is a sign of a healthy church. Secondly, missions is an overflow of worship. Third, missions is a calling from the Spirit. Fourth, missions is spreading God's word. And five, fifth, missions is grounding new believers. We're going to look at each one of these in turn. So first of all, missions is a sign of a healthy church. We read in Acts 
chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, and it lists their names. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, uh, Manian, Manian, and uh, Saul. Now, here's what's so crucial about this. You may remember that people were coming to Christ in the city of Antioch. Barnabas was called in because he was from that area. And he was told to check in on those new believers. He knew he needed help. And by the way, it's better to get 10 men to do the work of ministry than for you to do the work of 10 men in ministry. Delegation is so important. So he went out and he searched for Saul. He went to Tarsus and he found Saul after great difficulty going up one street and after another, asking for Saul of Tarsus. He found him. And Saul had been preaching and he had been persecuted for the gospel and he had been planting churches. And he said, Saul, I've got a job for you. We're going to go establish the new believers there at Antioch and we're going to grow a healthy church. Sure enough, they came to Antioch and they urged the disciples to remain true to the Lord, to stand firm in their faith. You see, once you receive Christ, unless you're rooted and grounded in Christ, you're like a a wave of the sea tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You've got to be established in Christ. That's why cults go after new believers, because they don't know enough. They know enough just to be dangerous, and they're easily misled. That's why we have to train new believers so that they're rooted and grounded in Christ. Well, that's exactly what Saul and Barnabas did. And that's why there was a healthy church, and that's why there was a healthy ministry team. Now, of the names that you notice here, Barnabas, of course, is son of encouragement. But also Simeon. Who is Simeon? That might be uh, Simon of Cyrene, the man who carried the cross. You remember when Jesus was being led to Golgotha, he was so weak after being beaten 39 lashes with the bones in the whip, with his back just bloodied and ripped to shribbons, uh, ribbons, that they had to conscript a person in the audience to carry the crossbeam the rest of the way. And he was Simon from Cyrene. Now we mentioned, we hear Lucius from Cyrene, and Niger may be another reference to that. Isn't that interesting? That the man who carried the crossbeam of Jesus saw Jesus as his Savior and Lord and trusted in him, and now is not just part of the church, he's a leader in the church. That's wonderful. Hallelujah, what a Savior we have. And then you have Mannion, who uh, was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Now that would be uh, Herod Antipas, and uh, he knew him. He was raised in the royal palace, but he chose not to go the way of politics. He went the way of faith. There were two brothers, and one chose to go the way of uh, politics, and one chose the way of faith. And one of them is extremely famous. His name is David Livingston. Isn't that interesting? 
when you live for the Lord, your life and your witness is renowned. When you live for yourself, you're full of yourself, and you boast you're a self-made man, and you worship your creator. Self-made man, you worship your creator. Okay, you got that. Thank you. Anyway, moving on. This was a healthy church. Antioch was healthy. It had both prophets who could be filled with the Spirit and prophesy what God was doing and giving direction about what's happening in the future, and teachers who could ground people in the word. Missions is a sign of a healthy church. The farther a church reaches, the brighter is its witness. We have a healthy church here, and we have strong support of missionaries, and we're regrowing our strong support of missionaries. Praise the Lord. Secondly, missions is an overflow of worship. Notice in Acts 13.2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So, worship is when we move from contemplating God to communing with God. Worship is when we move from contemplating God to communing with God, where we enter into the presence of God. Did you enter into the presence of God this morning in worship? You came and you were struggling to get out of bed this morning, struggling to put yourself together and get your clothes on and and drive over here, and you were maybe a little bit hassled and harassed, but you sat there and you started to hear the prelude music. And your heart started to get strangely warmed. And then you started singing praise to God. And your heart, like a flower, opened up before him. And the next thing you knew, you were in the throne room of God. You were before the throne room of God's grace. You were worshiping him. And the whole world just faded in significance. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glorious face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. So this is a beautiful emphasis. Missions is an overflow of worship. Think about that. When we worship the Lord, when we praise him and we thank him, our hearts cannot help but overflow in witness. You know, when you're excited about something, when you're focused on something, and someone asks you about it, you just bubble over. You know, if you ask me about running marathons, I bubble over. If you ask me about uh, uh, playing musical instruments, I bubble over. Because those are things I'm interested in, and I, I love them. But when you worship the Lord and make Him your delight, you can't help but want to let other people know about Him. And then notice, missions is a calling from the Spirit. Acts 13, 2b. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them. This is a beautiful thing. That while they were fasting, fasting, by the way, is giving up food 
to focus on the Lord all the more. I've done fasting three days, seven days, 40 days. And you know what? When you fast, there is a focus on God like none other. When you eat, you often focus on your food. You, you, when, you, when I worry, I used to go to the refrigerator. How do I know this? Because when I did the, my 40-day fast, I would go to the refrigerator even knowing that I wasn't supposed to eat, and I'd say, why am I here? It was such a habit to go to the refrigerator and feed my emotions. I need the Lord instead of feeding my emotions of frustration or loneliness or insecurity with food. I need to trust in the Lord. And it was a beautiful thing to let the Lord fill my heart and to focus on him during that fast. So fasting is important because it pulls back the spiritual curtains of what's happening in the spiritual realm. It gives you an acuity, an awareness that is beyond normal awareness. And it helps you to listen to the Lord. Now, not everybody can fast. Check with your doctor. If you feel dizzy or you feel fatigued severely, don't fast. If you have health issues, don't fast. There's other ways. Fast from listening to to, uh, TV or radio or from... uh, you know, different things that you normally would do, replace those with prayer. So you don't have to fast from food only. You can fast from other things. The point is, pay attention to the Lord. Listen to his word. And when you do, he speaks to you. And he spoke to them. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. And that's uh, Saul and, and Barnabas. And that's exactly what happened. And praise God for that, that the church was the sending agency. The church laid hands on them and sent them directly with their support. Local churches can raise up missionaries and send them out. Now, thank God for mission agencies uh, because they do protect and provide for those missionaries far more than sometimes a local church can, but local churches are the primary source for that. And then missions is spreading God's word. I want you to notice two times where it says this phrase. Acts 13.5, and when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. So John Mark was with Saul and Barnabas as they did what? They proclaimed the word of God. First, they went to the Jews in the Jewish synagogues, and they laid out the gospel clearly and plainly. And you can read about how Saul preached the gospel so clearly and plainly in Cyprus and beyond. But notice this in Acts 13, 46. Then Paul, his name changes from Saul to Paul. Both mean little, You know what Chico means? Little, or boy. And so uh, Saul was uh, now Paul, and Paul and Barnabas, notice Paul is mentioned first, because Paul has such gifts that he becomes the team leader. And Barnabas, the encourager, is the support man, and he's happy to do that, because that's the gift of encouragement. 
So Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you rejected and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. So praise God that missions is spreading God's word. Now on that point, I have brought an expert to our pulpit. His name is David Friesen. He's worked with Gideon's International for many years. And he's going to share his favorite stories about spreading the word of God. Thank, thank you. It's a privilege to be here this morning. I thought by wearing my beard, working on a, being a wise man for Christmas, I'd get hidden. But it didn't work. But it's interesting today, as you were talking about the second year uh, since the fire up over here, many of you probably heard about the creek fire we had down there in the Fresno area. And that, and uh, again, as Pastor shared, we as Gideons were praying our schools are closed, our colleges are closed, our hotels basically are closed as far as Bibles are concerned. Where can we as Gideons place that word of God? And uh, so we were praying for that. We even met on Zoom for a few weeks. And oh, okay, thank you. And uh, as we as we were praying, where God would use us in that. Now I don't want to take credit for the Creek Fire, okay? But the fire came, and the fire came in an area of the mountains up there where we as Gideons, they have a high school, they have a high, junior high and a grade school. We never can reach those schools because all the students are on campus, and they load on buses, and we cannot be on campus. But we prayed God would open up the door, and God did. That church over there, Church for Clovis Hills, came along and, and had the center for all the distribution of food and et cetera uh, for those people. I went, met, met with the pastor. As I did, he says, you stand right here. You'll be the greeter for all these people coming in to receive these various needs that they have. Well, of course, we had testaments. We had good news. But how do you greet people when you know they're coming in and they're showing you pictures of their house burned down, or et cetera? Uh, pray that my house won't burn down. We thank the Lord we had time to pray with some of those people and again to share God's good news of placing that word of God. Long story short, short is we placed that during the next 12 days over there. We placed 4,500 testaments into those various areas. And I praise God because we couldn't reach him. But it was quite interesting, you know, got uh, home school. The ladies would come by or the women come by with the kids. They'd have two, three kids with them. Sometimes a husband along would give them a testament and says, Look, since you're the teacher, each one of your students needs a textbook, right? They'd, they'd agree. And so we give them all a testament. Pray that God will use that word of God as they are back up on the hills. Schools are still closed, but they'll have the word of God that they might come to know Jesus Christ. And thank you for a church, as Pastor shared. You give us the funds, we have the open door, and God will use it because he says it's his word. It will not return unto him void. Thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you so much, David, on the spur of the moment. Let's thank the Lord for David Friesen of Gideon's International. Thank you, David. Praise the Lord how he works. And uh, thank you, David, for your faithful service to Gideon's for how many years? 35? 48. 
48 years. Praise the Lord. And if you want to give the Gideons, we have a glass table in the foyer, and it has envelopes. And if you want to give to Gideons, you can give that way. You can dedicate Bibles to someone in honor of them or in memory of them. And I strongly urge you to give to Gideons International. All right, this brings us to our last point, which is this. Uh, or let me just say, with regards to missions is spreading good news. Notice Acts 13, verses 38 to 39. This is the heart of it. When Paul is preaching, he says, Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Is that not the heart of it all? When they were proclaiming the word of God, they were proclaiming what's called the gospel. Gospel means good news. Missions is not only spreading God's word, it's specifically spreading good news. What is that good news? There's forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus Christ. We can be put right with God. We can be justified before a holy God, just as if we had never sinned, by trusting in Jesus Christ. When you trust in Christ, your sins are forgiven, and you receive the righteousness of Christ himself. Imagine that. But you can't justify yourself. You can't do enough works. You can't obey the law enough or perfectly to justify yourself. The only way we can be put right with God and have peace with God is through faith in his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and his blood was shed for the forgiveness and the cleansing of all our sin. Praise the Lord. I just turned that off. All right. I don't know how to turn it back on. Oh, there we go. So missions is spreading good news. And finally, missions is grounding new believers. Acts 13, 43. When the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. So Paul finished the gospel presentation. People trusted in him and received Christ, and he and Barnabas discipled them so that they would remain true and stay, stand firm in the grace of God. It is so important that we train new believers, that we ground them in the Lord. Notice in Acts thirteen forty eight, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. We need to teach new believers to honor the word of God. Too many people live according to the principles of psychology or popular opinion or um, myths and other falsehoods unless they realize as a new believer that the Bible is their compass. The Bible is the authority for all of life and practice, they're going to slip slide all over the place. The word of God, when we obey it, when we follow it, 
when we hide it in our hearts, when we um, repeat it back to God in prayer, we grow in the Lord. We're transformed from the inside out. The word of God is crucial. It's a light to our path. It's so important. Now, notice in Acts 13.52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is, a, this is a very important aspect that many Christians miss. Christianity is not dull. It's not boring. It's not um, drudgery. It's joyful. Christianity is joyful, and Christianity is spirit-filled. You can't live the faith in your own strength and power, in the fumes of your personality. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to close this service by making the strongest appeal I've ever made in all my years of ministry. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to know I was having my devotions this week in Isaiah 44, and I came upon the most precious promises in the Bible that I want to claim, and I want you to claim these as well. Isaiah 44 makes this promise. It says that I will pour out water on those who thirst. Are you thirsty? Do you want the Lord to fill you, empower you, control you? It says here in Isaiah 44, verse 3, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and the streams on the dry ground. I will pour, and now watch this promise. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name Israel. When I read that, I said, yes, Lord. That's what I want. That's what I need. That's what your people want. That's what your people need. We need to call on the Lord as thirsty as can be and say, Lord, we're dry. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, not just us but fill our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and all those who will come after them. Is that not your prayer? It's my prayer. I know it's your prayer. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord, you have done an incredible thing in providing salvation to all who call upon your name. Jesus, instead of rejecting the gift of eternal life, I eagerly call out to you to save me forever. Lord of the harvest, we pray that you will call more Christians into missions 
and into supporting missions with our prayers, our giving, and our encouragement. We're going to sing two hymns now. And these hymns are both prayers. And these hymns are prayers asking God the Father to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Would you pray these hymns sincerely from your heart? Spirit of the living God, descend upon my heart. And Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.